What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Between Two Posts. Kyle alongside Everett. And uh, we're just hanging in here during the COVID-19 uh, as it continues to drag on day by day by day. But Ev, how are you doing other than that? I mean, the good news is we're in the final. Well, I don't know about Florida, but we're we're nearing the final stretch right now for us. So I'm pretty pumped, man. Um, I mean, y- yes and no. I don't know how confirmed that is like I've heard that we're on like the back end but I mean what does that mean well I mean what we've been hearing is people that like friends I I know are working at restaurants restaurants are reaching back out if they were laid off and saying hey like you know after May 15 we're gonna be up and running again um okay so it sounds like you know like I'm pretty optimistic I me being the person I am though I I'm not gonna be on the first flight to Florida within the next month or two, even maybe this summer, because I'm still kind of weary about things, but you know, it's, it's optimistic for people to get out. I think for other people more so than myself, it's, they need to get outside and they need to relieve a little stress. So I just want everyone to kind of get back into normal. For sure. So are we going to see some pads starting to, to roll through again? That's, that's actually a funny topic you brought up because in terms of what we're, what we're classified as in terms of like sports and manufacturing, we might even be pushed back a little bit further, but you know, we're still open and we're running gowns and making that stuff every day. So, you know, it's kind of a toss up, but the good news is we'll be, you know, ready to run right when, uh, right when things are, are okay. Definitely. Definitely. What's new with you, man? Not too much. Just, uh, the same, same old, same old couple helmets and, uh, been been trying to get outside a little bit more go on some rollerblades and hopefully uh, i think next week our beaches are opening up so that would be unreal if they did i thought they already did because wasn't uh, well it's it's um i get technically i guess they did like the state said they could but um most of the counties in florida um still have restrictions so all the counties around my area for probably like a two-hour radius have um still been shut down so <laughs> like how you, you you put it together like i totally understand you you put it together with two hour radius but most people say like miles or distance but yeah two hours well yeah i mean yeah for sure i'm just trying to okay but you have to understand like traffic here you can't you can't go by miles like Dude, we're we're, th- we're three miles from the beach like but during, that during, took like, so long the the day i was there and we tried to get to the beach that was worse yeah. than like boston it was oh yeah awful. it's crazy dude we're three we're three miles from the beach it, it'll take us an hour to get there we're, we're better off just biking there yeah that's true yeah yeah um anyways let's see so so this episode we interviewed uh one of my longtime friends Don Malerba from Boston and it's funny because uh when I actually re-listened to it I didn't realize I, I kind of picked up a little bit of a Boston accent along with them there so uh, but he's he's a great guy. A lot of cool stuff about about um, you know building mass and the guys he's dealt with over the years. So I had a good time. I think I think like after listening to it and editing it, you were getting pretty fired up, man. Like you're a big mask fan. Well, I think it just goes back. Like I've I've known Dom for a while, and um, I mean every summer and probably even a couple times during the year, I'd stop in and just say hi and you know hang out for the day. So um i i actually there's a bunch of stories uh 
like I remember after the fact about Dom, but just overall, he's a hilarious guy. And I mean, you, you kind of saw his personality a little bit when he, he talks about his beer league championships. I think he, we, we threw that out there and he knew, he knew the exact number of championships he, he, he had won. So that very, was great. I love Dom, but he takes those so seriously. He counts as yeah. championships. When he, he brought up uh, the semi-pro league and you asked, do you guys have your own locker room? No, we just bring a sign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're bringing a sign to the rink every day. But um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty sweet. And unfortunately, at the end, we had a little technical difficulty, so we didn't get to to say goodbye to him. But but also, what got cut off was he ended up going on a rant about uh, New England Patriots and Tom Brady and stuff. And and since we talked to Dom, the Bucks have now signed Gronkowski. So <laughs> that we might have to get him on again, and there's probably not enough time in the day to, to hear his Boston sports t- uh, talk and his take on it. Yeah, so suck on that, Dom. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm excited. Hopefully football comes back because I think uh, it, it's going to be pretty cool to see those guys down here. Yeah, you just turned into the biggest Bucks fan in the world. Oh, yeah. How can you not, though? Like, yeah. But, yeah. um, well, have you heard about Brady's, uh, what's been happening to him in Tampa? Well, I heard he, uh, the guy walked in on somebody, ho- somebody else's house. He was going to meet with his, uh, coordinator, his offensive yep. coordinator. Yep. And they be and eat some rando. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had two kind of, uh, things happen. Like the first week he got here, he was, I guess he was practicing like training in a public park. And, um, like what? they had to come and be like, the, like the park employee was like, excuse me, sir. Like the park's closed. And they were like, Oh wait, it's, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> like, but, uh, did they give him the pass? No, I don't think so. Cause oh, I they, saw on they Twitter. Said, could you imagine being the guy that sent Tom Brady home? Smell you later, bud. I don't care oh, who you are. The, I've been trying to, to like figure this out, but from reading the article, it sounds like the person who like sent him home didn't know who he was how which would be how, insane how do you not know who that is that'd be like bumping into lebron james at the airport and saying hey like get out of line bud yeah like the way the article reads it sounds like someone was like oh yeah like sir you have to go home and like after the fact it came out and it was like wait that the somebody like was tom brady like tom brady got sent home from the park today so um <laughs> <laughs> which would be insane if that's what happened but um yeah uh back to hockey though um really cool interview like i said uh dom's one of the best guys around just uh i you you have to have like a taste for his humor i guess you know he's not like a he's not a stand-up comedian guy but if you just kind of give him the time and really listen to him he's got some hilarious stuff oh he sends home like the funniest stories or he'll bring up the wildest things but something that i think he he jumped into a little bit but not as much as i think he could have is the amount of love and care that goes into each of his masks right like he's the only guy that touched him he brought that up he's he wants everything to look a certain way He's very, very picky about the particulars, like pinholes, and he doesn't want any air gaps, and he wants to make sure everything's laid, leveled, and put together in a precise fashion to where when you put this thing on, it's not going to be like anything else out there, you know? So oh, I, yeah. that, 
That's what I love about Dom. And he's one of my favorite roommates when we go on the road and we have to go to trips. He is for a sure. Beauty. For sure. I had the pleasure to, to room alongside Dom a couple times too. But uh, the other thing you mentioned was, was his, his care for these helmets, because um, I'll usually, whenever I paint his mask, I have to be so careful to back tape inside to not get, I, if I get a drop of paint on the inside of the mask, uh, I'm going to hear it from him. So seriously, Oh, he, he said it in the interview. He cares He cares a, as much about the inside as the outside of his helmets. So um, you, you got to love it. He, he puts so much just passion into what he does. And uh, just uh, it, it shows in the, in the end product. So let's, uh, let's send it over. Let's get her going. Welcome back, back to Between Two Posts. Today we have on the man behind the mask, Dominic Malerba owner of pro's choice goalie mask this guy has been building custom masks for longer than i've been around probably you two everett uh he's one of the best in the business and just a great guy welcome to the podcast thanks guys nice to be here hey dom thanks for joining us it's been a while since i seen you yeah it's been a little bit but it's good to hear um, your voice hey how you been out there things good or what's going on a little scary but plucking away here that's what can you do i mean, never seen anything like this but we'll get through it We'll just keep fighting, baby. Grab a shovel and uh, start digging. But, Dom, we've been working together for about five, yeah, about five years now, just you and me at least. Yep. Um, so that's how long I've known you. But I don't know, like, did you grow up playing hockey in Massachusetts? How did you uh, – how did you get into this? I did. That's how I got started. I mean, I I played um, all the way to college. and That's how I got into mass business was – I wanted to get a mask. The only way you can get a mask was go to Canada. And um, after waiting a couple of years for it and never showing up, decided to try it myself. So that's how I got it started, actually. So your first one, you just built completely on your own. Yep, I taught myself. I mean, try, all trial and error. Um, it wasn't, I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for my wife, I would have never been doing this. Um, I was ready to quit after the first one. I said, this isn't worth it. You know, it's like, wow, not as easy as it looks. Um, oh, for sure. But my wife said, sure. give, give it some more time. And, um, you know, I'm glad she did. So the um, rest is history, I guess. So you said your wife kind of helped keep you going and keep you inspired. How, like, how long have you guys been married? How long have you known her? Because like, you probably started this, what, in college or? Um, I started it about when I was about 20 years old. Started screwing around with it. Uh, okay. We got married very young. I was 21. She was 19. We met when she was 17. I was 19. Um, wow. Yeah, we've been together for a long time. But again, it, so did, you, yeah. did you meet in college? No. No, I didn't meet in college. She lived the next town over, and that's a long story. But uh, I'm glad we connected. So. We all are too, because we wouldn't even have the masks if it wasn't for her. It sounds it's like that. True. I mean, <laughs> well, to be, I tell you, I remember screwing around with it, and it was not that easy. And I remember this: I ain't doing this. You know, she said she kept saying, "Give it a little more time," and yeah. she was right. You know, things that took me two hours to do take me like five minutes to do. Really? Oh yeah. So you really figured out the process then? That's awesome. Figured out. I was all a lot of trial and error. Um, pretty much, I taught myself. Went to fiberglass seminars to learn how to, you know, work with the materials, 
started educating myself how to use the materials in a different way that nobody else was using them and getting better products, high-end products. Um, again, it was a lot of trial and error. So it took years to get to a point where I really think I'm happy with the product. I think a lot of pros are too. Um, and so that's where we're at. I mean, you got almost half the NHL, so I think that you're doing pretty well, Dom. Not a big you're doing deal. Something right. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Um, I'm happy. I, uh, you mentioned trial and error, but now, you know, obviously this is pretty obvious to everybody, but we're talking about a mask. You build masks. They go on your skull. They protect you from pucks that are now shot at like 100 to 110 miles an hour. So, like, how, se- how serious were those errors when you were developing, like, your first few masks? Well, they weren't – like, I wouldn't put on someone's head. They, they, they weren't I, – I wouldn't say they were guinea pigs. I would test it myself with hammers and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it wasn't just about – the strength it was about lightness too it was about the right foams um stuff like that you know and i'm very happy where where the shell is and where the foam's at and the design of the cage is at so uh, i mean it took a while but i mean but i think a lot like you said a lot of pros like it too so i must be doing something right definitely well well you bring up the cage and also i think one of the biggest things that sets you apart from a huge company like Bauer is you form each mask to the individual's head, which no one else is really doing. So um, what's that process been like for you to have so many molds and every single mask is a custom mask? Well, that's the only right, I believe the right way to do it. Um, again, it used to take me hours to do that. And now it's taking me 10 minutes to do that. And it's the only, like, again, everybody should have their own specific mold and shape. Every head, face, and head shape is different. And it's designed on top of that head. You might have the same circumference, but you might, one person might be deeper than the others, and, and one mask wouldn't fit everybody. I don't work that way. Um, oh, exactly. You look at You look at my head and Ev's head, I mean. It's about polar opposite as you get, right? Easy, <laughs> easy, relax. Uh, definitely. Because I, I got a big brain, so I need a big uh, uh, That might be it, actually. That explains a lot. Why not? <laughs> oh, man. But, so, um, so, yeah, so the other thing about, about your mask um, is the Tri-Cat. And um, I've heard a couple funny stories about how you came up with it. So uh, would you want to tell the listeners? Well, it's a funny, not a funny story, but it's a true story. It's I was actually watching television one day, and they were building bridges, and I noticed in all the bridges they were designing and building were a tri- triangle shape, and I always knew the triangle shape was a um, the strongest possible shape that you can have. And also, what I liked about it was it also deflects the impact. Instead of taking the full blunt of it, it, it deflects it because of the point of it, but also having such a, uh, being a triangle, it's also the strongest. And, you know, and it just, I said, why can't I do that for, for a face mask? And next thing you know, I was making them and they've taken off. So, and I think they're going to take off. I'm in the process now of getting it patented. So we'll see where that takes us. How Definitely. how many guys do you think you have right now, Dom, that are using the tri bar over like the old school double bar cat eye? Believe it or not, I mean it's I would say it's top and half still. But I think 
Okay. It's still going. More people starting to switch to TriCat. I mean, all of San Jose, Mike Eldridge, and um, switching everybody over there to the TriCat. He likes it so much, and some other organizations are too. So, for sure. Well, I think I think the other thing is, um, you know, in the NHL, you know, I don't think they mind. It's budget isn't really a factor in in terms of cages, which are you know only a few hundred bucks. Whereas in the junior and college level. You know, you don't want to be spending that much. Maybe a tri-cat, if that saves you from buying two, three more cages a year, that's also more appealing. Well, yeah, and plus you're getting the extra benefits from it is it, again, it deflects the impact. So your face and your head is not absorbing as much. It's getting angled off. The the force of it is getting angled off where the double bar or a flat bar cage is really absorbing it. Yeah. So that's the name of the game today, I think, with the sticks being so um, – the sticks are weapons. I mean, so what else can I do? But yeah, I can only build it so strong, and now i got got ways of designing the mask to deflect the shots so you're not absorbing it as much. Exactly. So um, also I wanted to go back to your, your college days. Um, I kind of remember part of the story, but uh, you said something about sneaking into the rink or something at night. Do you remember that story? Uh, no. What, what do you mean? No. <laughs> when uh, I, I was uh, – it was probably last year. I stopped by your shop, and uh, there was – I, I want to say it was at BU. And uh, you guys yeah. – you, you mentioned – I thought you said you would sneak into the rink when it was shut down and go play on the ice. No, 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 no. Get- that's, that's – you're mixing up the stories. That that was something when my son was born. Um, I had my friend own the ice center and um, every time there was a holiday or at nighttime we'd go sneak up there and we'd have the whole ice to ourselves so not during my that's uh, pretty sweet yeah. now did your did your son uh, Don Malibu Jr. did he play goalie too or was he a, a forward you know he's a goalie he went to Fezzenden uh, School and also Governor's Academy and now he's a state trooper oh wow so, you know, driving around for you is pretty easy now. You don't got to worry about anything, huh? No, I couldn't do it. I'll be honest. I, I don't know how I could do it today. I'm just with this whole backlogged on math. So, yeah, tough. for sure. Now, when he told you he wanted to play goalie, what were your thoughts? Were you pretty on board yeah. or were you hesitant? Like, oh, I don't want to buy the gear. I got to build now. I got to build a mask every year. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> Well, I never thought of it that way, but I was excited when he was a goalie. I was more disappointed when he didn't want to play anymore. Kind of broke my heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. When did he? When did he stop playing? He decided, you know, he didn't want to do the junior route, and yeah, he said, "I just want to, Dad. I want to make money. I want to be a, a policeman." So I say, "Are you kidding me? I mean, all this, <laughs> all this education, and now you want to be a police officer?" I'm like, you "Couldn't have told me this ten years ago." So. But, you know, he's a good kid. Um, he's doing very well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, rumor has it you're still uh, you're still out there wheeling around. You still play. Is that right? That's right. Still play. Getting old, though. What yeah. rank are you at now? Are you at a hockey town? No, not anymore. I just play once once a week now. I'm getting too old. i just too busy. But play a PVD rank once a week. Scotty told me you got, like, 20-plus championship rings. 24, but who's counting? Is <laughs> it beer league? It's, a, it's just not a beer league. It's above beer league, okay? 
Oh, I'm not with the angle. Come, come on, come on, Kyle. No, no, no. Come I'm on, sorry. Kyle. No, I didn't mean... Don't don't I mean, demean the like league, please. Hey, you're gonna, the we're league. gonna. I'll tell you a true story. Some... When when we were at hockey, I played for the team Linfield Flyers. It was almost like a semi-pro team. We had a trainer, coach. We had what? You? I'm serious. We had a um, uh, uniforms dry cleaned every week, hung up in the locker room, uh, and a sign for the door. And one year we had eight Division One captains on our team. Wow. Yeah. So you, you guys had your own locker room for Beer League? No, or no. Not beer we just league. made it our own locker room. You know, you picked okay. it and they put a sign on it. But, he, yeah, the guy, Wesley Reed, who, who ran the team, who owned the team, was uh, first class when it came to that stuff. That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It was an unbelievable team. Unbelievable. Okay. An unbelievable league, too. It was it was very – lot of Division One plays in that league, a lot. Wow, I guess you're pretty much a stud out there, eh, Dom? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're so humble. So I wanted to ask, because you grew up playing, and, like, obviously you started getting into the mess, but when you were a kid and as you were coming up playing through school and stuff, did you ever wear, like, the old school mask strapped straight to your face? I'll tell you, this is a funny story. When I was playing, I always thought um, I wanted to get a mask like, uh, you know, Jerry Chivas had and stuff like that. But I was this close to getting it, and I made the appointment to go see a guy named Ernie Higgins. And I forget how much they were, maybe three or four hundred bucks. And my kid that was in um, high school with me, my partner, he wore one, and they were sharp looking. And and we were in practice, and he takes kid comes down, takes a wrist shot, not even hard, hit him on the forehead. He whipped that mass off. And he had a goose egg on his forehead. I said, you know, I think I'm going to stay with my helmet in cage. <laughs> I never went. I never got it. Never did it. Oh, that's kind of glad. Scary. Lose an eye with those things. Um, now, talking about, you know, like you've been doing this for roughly 28 years? No, nope, longer than that. Over On 30. My first mass I made was Andy Moquay. Forever be grateful. He gave me my first opportunity back in... I think 1988, but I started screwing around with the mask maybe two years earlier than that. Okay. But Andy was Andy was the first one that I made a mask for. And that's when he was playing for the Bruins, right? Mm-hmm. How'd you, how'd you get access to him? I mean, you know. I lucked out. I, he actually lived in my town. No way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He lived in my town. He, 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 you know something? Again, very humble, very nice guy. Forever be grateful for what he did for me um he gave a young man a shot which he didn't have to do he didn't know anything about me didn't know if my mask was safe so i did remember his wife kind of like better not get my husband hurt so i put a little more extra kevlar in that sucker so <laughs> i didn't want to deal with her but it, it was um uh, i really appreciate it to this day they gave me that opportunity so back then, uh, is that when the Bruins used to practice in? Was it North Reading? Wilmington. Wilmington. All right. So then, uh, so they would, some of the players would live out your way, I guess. And... A lot, of, a lot of players did. Ken Hodge, um, Andy, Reggie Lemon was in PB. Not too. They, they were all in the notch. A lot of them. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. It definitely sounds like a really cool uh, way to get into it. And obviously, it took off from there. Who Who's the next guy you got after him? Was it just word of mouth? It was word of mouth. I'm trying to think. I like to think maybe Olaf Kolzik. Okay. So far back now, I don't really 
recall. I should, but I don't. But yeah, it started okay. a little. It was a hobby. That's all of this was something. It was just a little hobby that I started in the shed. Yeah, actually, that brings up kind of a funny story because the the first time uh, I went out to the shop, I th- so it's on it's on a this back road, um, in in like is it technically Peabody Dump? Where my shop is? Yeah. Nope, uh, Middleton. Middleton. All right. Yep. Yep. So Middleton forms way. So I'm yep. pulling up <laughs> and all I know is, you know, he does all these NHL guys, um, just huge names. And I pull up down this back road and I'm like, there, there's no way like this is, this is it. <laughs> and then I, I walk in and he's just in here. He's got all the, the mass labeled going down, you know, Rask and quick and just big names. And I'm like, this is nuts. And it's, it's like Dom can tell you, it's, you know, he does it all. He's, he yeah. is the guy he, you know, it's not like he's got a whole team of 10, 10 guys in there putting together mass. Like Dom is just, it's, it's really an art that, that you're able to do it. Well, I, I'm proud to say that since day one, I've touched and made every mask. No one else has. I have, I do have my brother who helps me cut them out and does a little sand for me. But to this day, I've made every mass. No one else has. I don't have, I don't send them overseas. Everything's made in the USA here in Middleton. And I'm very proud of that. Yeah, for sure. We all are, Dom. And I think that that jumps into the next point because I've been a huge fan of that. Um, I wore an Eddie for a while growing up because that was the thing that I found that fit my head. Um, (laughs) But ever since I was able to check out yours and start wearing it, it's been a huge difference. But, you know, I want you to kind of go over it because I obviously, when I go into rooms and when I meet kids, I sell your mask card because I just fully believe in it. I mold everybody. We take the pictures, we send the specs, and we get to put together a great mask. But what do you believe truly sets your mask apart from everybody else's out there? A couple things. I think the fit, number one. The fit and the strength of the shell and the materials uh, and the cage. I mean, so the, the most important thing is the fit. I mean, you can try on a store-bought mask, and it might feel okay, but you might not realize you got some pressure points, maybe the top of your forehead or something. And it might work for a while, but until you get hit with that puck in that area, and then that's where you get the concussions. So you want something that's going to fit like a glove and feel comfortable. So that's why I think I'm ahead of, ahead of everybody else. For sure. Now, the other question that brings up, though, is everyone's, you know, like there's a couple of naysayers that I've met or they've asked, you know, like, why, do, why does Dom use the old Rubitex foam? Or why does he use that old, like, you know, off-white cream foam? What, you know, everybody else is going this direction. What do you say to that? Well, what I say to it is something that it's worked for me for over 30 years. It's a closed-cell foam. It's a very soft and comfortable foam. And I'm not having issues with people getting hurt from a shot. I mean, that's that at the end of the day, that's the tall tale sign. If it's, if it's not broke, why fix it? And you see... Um, different companies putting a ton of money into foams and it's almost like they're just doing it for the look of it because um, all the new foams I've never heard anybody really rave about it I hear you know you overheat um, you can't hear through them so I think it's just one of those things Um, sometimes simple is better you know and and it's and don't don't forget it is an impact foam it's not like it's not and also it's it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't absorb the sweat and water like these other companies do. And I've heard that complaint, the weight of the foam after. Oh, the first yeah. Month. Yeah, that's yeah, been so. big the last couple months. Um, But no, I think at the end of the day, Dom, 
to just add to your point, I think when you look at your guys' like our mask and your mask holds up shell and foam structure, everything top to bottom. But you these other people may be putting a fancy foam or they might be putting something that's a little bit softer or comfortable or they're dropping weight or anything like that. But when I continue to go out there and I see structural issues where guys like crack chins or like they get cracked masks, but they got a sick foam in it, it's like, what's the point? You know, take right, take your right. foam and shove it because at the end of the day, your your structure cracked. So you're you're another shot away from taking one to the chin and catching one in the face. So I just I'm not a huge fan of the whole foam discussion, but it is I what know. it is. And and that's the thing. I mean, does every mass have a breaking point? Yes, but I think mine's atop of most others, if not the top, to be honest with you. Well, it's a lot better than mask off the shelf and then a kid uses it for six months seven months and then he takes one off you know he keeps taking them off the chin and it starts to crack like what's what are you buying at that point it's stupid but well they're thinking again they're thinking of mass producing mass you know i'm not um mm-hmm. i'm thinking i use high-end material the materials that i use again the resin is 1500 bucks for five gallons these other companies ain't spending that for that mm-hmm. not selling a mask for 300 bucks 400 bucks they're not using this resin you can't it just wouldn't they'd be losing money yeah uh, but that's the way I decided to go. And, you know, thanks to the guys of Vaughn, Scotty, Adam, and Everett, we've made a nice little... Hey. <laughs> got to plug you in there. But, um, hey, we got to... We're, we're doing all right. We're doing good. We're doing good. Now, Dom, do you have a favorite mask that you've built? I mean, I know you've built, you know, hundreds of thousands at this point, but over the time, you've met a lot of guys, like you dropped, like... Uh, Andy Moog, you've met Olaf Kolzig, you do Peter Mrazek now, Robin Lena, um, Murray. Like, do you have one in between? I mean, Hobby Bullen, I can't forget that. Steve Mason, do you have a favorite mask that you've done? Well, I mean, Andy's was my first one. And, it, you know, and I remember coming up with the beer design for Andy. And he looked at me like, what are you, crazy? Because when I got started, don't forget, it was nothing but stripes and logos. Yep. And when I when I said Andy, I'd like to do your beer head, he just like he didn't think until he saw it, then he loved it. He loved it so much when he got traded to Dallas, he wanted to keep it. Just change it to gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So did you, did you paint it? No. Um there was a guy, a local guy, his name was Joe Burke, if I remember right. He was like a t shirt guy. Okay. And I, and I, you know, I told him what we wanted to do and he did a pretty good job. I thought, I mean, what people don't realize, I mean, the beer nose that originally was on, I didn't like it. Yeah. So we end up changing the, actually, if you look at the design, it's actually a Wolverine nose, not a beer nose. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't it know. That mask is pretty sad. I, I wouldn't know the difference. Too. You could, you could uh-huh. show me a Wolverine nose and a bear nose. I don't think I could. Yeah. Pick. It worked better with this mask. That's for sure. But then we did a, we did some cool things for that's why I mean there's two things I like to like to that I take pride in on I'm I'm a perfectionist I'm, when it comes to pinholes the, the the it's not inside the mass is as nice as the outside of the mass mm-hmm. and I also can come up with good ideas I'm I don't know maybe it comes easy to me yeah but I like to come I remember what Oli we did. Godzilla, and then I said, "Holy, what about doing Mecha Godzilla?" And we did. We just we took it from there. We did a lot of crazy stuff over the year. Like Tukaras has twenty-four karat gold in his mass, twenty-four karat plated gold cage, light flex. What's that? 
that's a light flex right there. Call Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Dom's up on those terms. No, no it's no. all right. But it's, it's cool. kids. Uh, what is what do you call that? Kids lingo or it's what's hip. What are they on Instabook? <laughs> I don't know, but you're you're deleting this out of this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dom, you had a daughter that played goalie too, right? Yeah, she played for a little bit. She played for Swamp Scott High. And actually, she played for the men, the men's team and got a shutout. I think first girl ever get one back. Really? All yeah. right. Yeah. So, so it's in the family. It's in the family. Love to hear that. No, that's awesome, though. I like how out east, though, people drop high schools and they, like, you just assume that everybody knows them. Oh, she, yeah, it was the Gunner Academy, um, Richfield oh, well, High. You're just, you're just not a – you're not a east coaster. You don't know. Like, out east, <laughs> I mean – Govs, Govs is a big school. I mean, if you're in prep school, I mean, that, you throw Govs around. That name carries a lot of weight to it. So, um, it's a beautiful school too. Oh yeah, it's, Avon it's Old Farms. Probably, probably a little bit higher than the academics going on at Kimball Union, but you know, <laughs> Govs, Govs is Govs is definitely known for their academics. I'll put it that way. Oh, so. Yeah. One time I had to visit one of those prep schools. Uh, I had to go see Malahi, which he's at, is it Dexter or South Dexter? One of them. But that's not prep, right? Is that public? Yeah, it is. No, that's prep. prep. That's prep. No. He was, I, th- I thought he was at Dexter. He was at Dexter. I yeah. When I pulled up on that school, I was like, oh my God, this looks like a small university, like a college. Like it was, the facilities oh, yeah. were disgusting. They had like this huge weight room as you're driving down the hill that overlooked their field where they did all their like football, soccer and lacrosse and all those kind of things. And I was just like, this looks like a small university. This is incredible. Have you ever yeah. seen like Exeter? No. Oh, Dom, you've, you've, you've had to see a oh, few. Yeah. 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 Some of those, like they make colleges look like high schools like it's crazy the the prices are colleges i mean <laughs> they're higher they're higher i know i know it's crazy but it is crazy yeah well what's better though i we don't have somebody from minnesota so this it's not a tough fight but i'll stick up for them i'll take the minnesota side but what's going to be better hockey prep school hockey out east well, minnesota well, I'll high put school. this so so my brother actually he played both because he really? played yeah yeah he did How? he did he did a year at Eden Prairie in Minnesota, okay, which is a pretty big school out there. Yep. And um, and then obviously uh, a few years at KUA with me. So I want to say like skill wise, it's pretty similar, but the the way they play the game is a lot different. Um, East Coast prep school, we would be in a um, like the library watching film two nights a week. We'd be in the gym as a team three days a week. Um, and then he said, when he went out to Minnesota, it's just a lot more kind of, you know, uh, free, it's a freer game, I guess you go yeah, out and you just play your game. So like a um, pond hockey then, thing. Yeah. And then also the fans out there that, you know, they, they, they got prep schools beat there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't forget prep schools only play maybe 20 something games. They don't play a lot of games unless you're a Shattuck St. Mary's, uh, they play like Sixty games or something. Yeah, I think they play. They play like a travel schedule, like a a U eighteen triple or a triple A program schedule. Yeah. But the, I hate to say it, but the prep hockey around here is not the same as it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. When you saw prep hockey, hey, I mean, I remember when my kid was looking at governors, and they before they got the new rink, we went to see a game in the old barn, cold as hell, and it, it was, <laughs> and. 
the game was so fast, and you saw Division One coaches. I saw Jerry York, Northeastern coach. You name it. There had to be at least eight or ten of them there watching kids play. It was unbelievable. Now, I hate to say it, it's probably leaning much more to the U.S. Uh, HL. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's where it's well, at. No one's, no, just, there's not many guys going straight from uh... – from prep, prep school. school. No, yeah. I wouldn't think so. Not anymore. But at one time there was. Well, that was the way to yeah. go. Well, I think I don't think juniors were really a thing if you go back. No, that's pretty watered down. I mean, the only juniors you're talking about, I think, is USHL. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many junior teams. It's unbelievable. It's so watered down. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about? Uh, I think it was Sioux City saw me in warmups. Yep. Did I ever tell you that story? And then they walked out of the rink. No, no, this was too funny. So I was, I, I don't even. Th- I was. Wait, even... where was this at though? Are you playing at KUA or? This is at KUA, huge okay. tournament called the the Flood Mar, like one of the biggest tournaments of the year, and uh, we're playing. I think it was a championship game. I wasn't playing the game, but um, you know I me. Mean? I'm just I'm absolutely buzzing in warm ups. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going. So basically, I guess the guy thought I was starting just based off of the energy I had in warmups. Like he thought for sure, like he's a starter, dude, look at, look at how hard he's going to warmups, right? Like no, no backups going to be just absolutely dialed like that. So, um, turns out after the game, I guess he talked to our coach and was like, and our coach was like, Oh yeah, no, no, he, I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, that was the end of it. But, um, so hey. your coach really stuck up for you there. Huh? <laughs> Uh, no, not one bit. He's like, no, no, he wasn't playing. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't want to take a look at that kid. Yeah, yeah. The he, he saw the Jags like, uh, Sue said, yeah, no, no, he's not your guy. <laughs> good guy, good coach. Love. Yeah, he's like good. Oh, great locker room guy. He's a purple. Yeah, great. Yeah, Dom. I I know you know we've talked about it and we've lived through this and everything and you've been on full recovery now, but. uh you had a bit of a scare a few years ago while you were playing hockey, right? Yes. Um, I had a heart attack. What, uh, what was that like going through that? Just to, like take us through the moments when you were – because you were on the ice, right? Well, I mean, I was getting symptoms. I didn't really – wasn't bad like chest pains or anything like that, but it was constant heartburn for about a month and um, uh, pains in my back. Nothing in my never passed out, never had chest pains, but I just knew something wasn't right that night. I just wanted to go home, get off the ice, just go home. And luckily for me, uh, one of my teammates knew something wasn't right and called an ambulance because I was really gray, I guess. And the ambulance, I just remember the guy coming and saying, uh, We'd like to check you on. I just said, I just want to go home, which if I did, I would have never made it. So the guy checked me out. Next thing you know, he's pointing down at me, he said, You're taking a heart attack. So I'm like, I was blown. It was actually looking back. It was the best thing to happen to me is weird as that sounds. It was the biggest wake up call you can ever get. Changed my whole life, changed my eating habits, lifestyle. And I like to think I'm better for it now. So I do one every, just about every day with my dog, three miles a day. And, um, yeah. Track star now, huh? Lost 30 pounds. Nice. Yeah, went from the 36 to the 32. Slim fit, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't plan on going down that road again. 
Yeah. Now you mentioned that's pretty life changing. Um, so obviously for you, you mentioned like a lot of lifestyle, your diet, the way you kind of look at things is totally changed, but how did it really affect the kids and your wife? Cause that's a pretty scary thing just, you know, to lose their, or to have this happen to their dad. Yeah. Especially a uh, younger, I was 50 years old when it happened. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, it, it's strange. I'm, it was weird. I was in the ambulance for a while. They were doing tests, and they actually beat me to the hospital. Huh. Yeah. They actually beat me to the hospital, and it was like this kind of really crazy night, I'll tell you that. That's wild. But, yeah. But it could it could have been a lot worse. It was, in, it was a rear artery. It wasn't the main arteries. Well, anything's main, I guess, when it comes to the heart, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the whittle makers, as they say. If I had to choose a, an artery, I'd choose the right one, I guess. That's what they keep telling me. Well, God bless, because it all worked out for you and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was a wake up call for sure. Wake so are you are you back to playing? Are you still oh, yeah. playing hockey? All yep. right. I, I admit though, that first game coming back because it happened in April. I was I didn't finish that season, and I remember it took the whole summer off, and then fall, first day in fall, I was on the ice, and then, boy, I was all. And I knew I was fine because I was running a lot and stuff. But till you get that first game by it, man, I just like very nervous. Yeah, your mind's just probably the uh, biggest factor, right? Just oh yeah, things going through your head. Completely triggered. It's just like in Top Gun. Remember, he's just like, "Hey, get him back up. Got to get yep. him back in the plane again." Get back in that house. Um, I remember you telling me this, and you kind of slid this by me. But a long time ago, you used to be a bodybuilder, eh? I was, uh, <laughs> which we're not really going to talk about too much here. I <laughs> wasn't a bodybuilder, I was a powerlifter. Oh, oh, okay. Excuse me. There is a difference there. Uh, powerlifter. I was one of those little bodybuilders. I'm not, you know, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have that kind of, I wouldn't want to have a kind of body like that, but I was strong though. What kind of weight were you throwing around, man? Like 325 on the bench or what? I, I, I didn't. I did 535 in the competition. <laughs> yeah, way back when. I was 19 years old. How about this one? 19. I came in second. Jesus Christ, Dom. I came in second. And I didn't you, even win. Were you well, second in what? <laughs> what is that? Second in the competition. Someone oh. actually did more. No that, way. That's yeah. insane. Son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> oh man were you playing like were you still playing hockey during all this i was and then that you know something that's what i stopped because my shoulders were getting big i didn't like the way i looked and yeah and you know you get you're, you're 19 actually i was younger you know i was maybe 18 when i was doing lifting well also as a goalie you know you need your flexibility you can't get too big i'll tell you a true story Guess who my partner was lifting all the time? We used to work out together all the time. Who? His name was John Enos. He's uh, played in Melrose Place. He's has some movie parts today, but if you look him up, he's pretty successful. Is he still Jack? Ah, uh, no, he's t- he used to work out, but he's he was never into powerlifting. But we used to work out together all the time. We used to oh, go okay. to gym together. Yeah. So when you were nineteen, eighteen. Right when you were throwing around, you know, 550 pounds on the bar, were you just fighting guys left and right? Or were you a <laughs> no. tough guy? Like, what were you like back then? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, wasn't. Uh, that's not my nature. Still pretty I mean, easy going like today? 
Well, I'm easy. No, I was more aggressive back then, but people didn't really want to mess with me, so I didn't really look for fights. So. Plus, the, you know, t back then it was different. Today it's crazy. I don't care how big you are. Someone will take a knife or a gun and shoot you. Yeah. Not worth it. Crazy world out there. Today it was different. Back then we didn't even have cell phones. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady leaving here, Dom? Um, I'm upset. You know, um, actually, who am I shit? I'm very upset. So <laughs> I think it's a disgrace what they did to him. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Show, I think he had at least two more years that we could have had a shot at winning the Super Bowl, but Eagles wasn't right, you know? It's just... But but don't you think Bill Belichick is the type of coach who's looking towards the future and him and Brady kind of knew this is... Brady's kind of nearing his last legs here and he needs to start building for the future? Or True, but I think, you know something? I think if you got him a couple more weapons, I think we'd be back in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I mean, he had nobody this year. Now, if he had everybody and he, and he looked like this and we went out like this, that's one thing. But let him feel with players around him. He didn't even have a tight end or a running game. It was disgusting, you know. And for what Brady did for this organization, he should have been able to retire. And it's not like he sucked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people, I mean, come on. Don't be surprised. Well, it's, it's funny, too, because the last game in, in playoffs, I mean – you know, the one play away from another crazy Brady play where maybe that pass goes through, they run, they get a touchdown, they win. All of a sudden, he's a hero again, you know? So Yeah, but it wasn't, gonna... you could tell it wasn't the year. But, you know, that Miami game killed them. But also, I don't care. I'll say they got screwed against Kansas City. I'm not like, they got, we got two touchdowns called back. I mean, come on. I mean. It's always they're... the ref's fault. Well, unfortunately, we got cut a little short there. I think uh, Everett was – what was it? Someone was on your roof? No, dude. I I actually almost went off. Guy on was like, some guy was like – or some guy was digging in your yard? The Comcast <laughs> guy showed up in my backyard and was changing oh, okay. cables, and he shut That's down the Wi-Fi. All right. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> scream at him or anything, but I was screaming in my head like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, somebody give me a heads up. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it was funny because during the interview – me and Dom, we had no clue that, that you had left. And uh, I think we were talking for about 10 minutes without even realizing that, that you were off the chat. <laughs> well, that's so. good. That, that means I'm a very integral part of between two posts. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. Come on. No, it's okay. But, I get it. It's your show. I think I, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much that. It was more of neither, neither me or Dom are very uh, aware, let's say. Yeah, that, that's fair. But I think when you're just so passionate about how great the Patriots were with Tom Brady and now he's gone, it's going to be hard, upsetting. And, you know, it, it hits Dom right in the heart. So He was, he was in his feelings. But uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll uh, – he's got to be content, though. Boston sports are still – I think Bruins were, what, first in the NHL this year? I gotta, yeah. I got to ask you a question, though. My favorite thing about Dom is – I don't know if you heard it, but the, the we – when he brings up, we won, you know, how many Super Bowls? Oh. <laughs> when, you know, like, are you a Lightning guy now? Yeah, yeah. So, if the Lightning won, would you say we have a Stanley Cup or would you say they? I think it depends on who I'm arguing with. But I'd say, like, if it's, if it's me arguing with someone who's supporting a different team, I'm probably going to throw we out there. 
You know so, what I mean? So if it's like, me from a Red Wings standpoint, you'd be like, yes. oh, we have one cup and you guys have so many more. Yes. But okay. if it's if it's like, let's say another Lightning fan and they're saying, oh, well, the Lightning this year, I don't know, didn't have it, didn't have what it takes to win. I wouldn't be like, yeah, we did. I'd probably be like, yeah, they. I think it. I think it's uh, situational. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. just, I like, I like when people attach themselves to the team as if Dom was uh, in the huddles making play calls, trying to win those Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, he's passionate. He's a passionate guy. So love him and uh, can't, can't wait. Hopefully when, when traveling starts back up, hopefully uh, we can all get on a trip and catch up sometime in person. I know, unfortunately, P hats did get the ax this year, but tell you um, later. I know, I know. What's the next? What's next uh, on the agenda for like traveling, though? Dude, it's it. Piazza is gone. The coaches show got snizzed. That was actually supposed to go on like last weekend. All the dev camps are toast. Um, you know, I don't know what rookie and all those kind of camps are going to look like, but I mean, this summer is pretty much gone for travel, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. More time at home means more time in the backyard yeah. hanging out. What's the, What's the word on the draft? <clears throat> I I got nothing on that. I mean, that's you think they're I, gonna go online like NFL. I think you kind of have to. Um, I just don't know how much how many dollars are tied up in like TV and all that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. at the end of the day, too, it revolves around like the season. See, the NFL had the the hand or the upper hand here, right? Because their season isn't going on, and they weren't gonna finish anything. It was done, so they just knock out yeah. the draft, you know, per normal via online. But with the season wanting to, you know, finish and they're going to do these weird little cities and like, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, I guess you just got to sit back and watch it all unfold. All you got to do is relax and enjoy the show, baby. So thanks, Dom. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, we can't wait to see you and chat with you soon. Everybody else out there, stay safe. Uh, and we'll, we'll get through this soon. Yeah. Hang in there. See you next week. See ya.